0: You are listening to The Bird Calls on the -the off-the-glass, nothing-but-net, and and up-and-under networks. For more on your pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. what's up pelicans fans i am your host preston ellis of thebirdrights.com and i am joined here with clips nation as well as blazers edge as well as b-ball indexes robert flom at richie homie flom robert what's going on man
2: um not much just you know enjoying a little downtime before nba finals game three and uh waiting for nba free agent news to drop like everybody else
0: yeah did i miss anything how many titles do you have by now
2: uh yeah a bunch <laughs> um you know the clippers have already signed five free agents so
0: you know doing great pretty impressive the the season is still young and lest we not forget uh the editor in chief to com, and the man who is in high demand today you can catch him on pretty much any radio station in new orleans at some point or other today mr ali cosell what's up dude nothing we need to get anthony davis traded <laughs>
3: <'Cause> even <laughs> though this is fun yeah whenever there's like any kind of little bit of news that breaks like we just had where supposedly Griffin is really high in Brandon Ingram now suddenly everybody's talking about it, and suddenly everybody thinks the Lakers may have jumped to the top so I'm ready for it to be over. I know, Preston, you are too. We've talked about it at length.
0: (laughs) You know what? At this point, I could not disagree more strongly. Anthony Davis' trade request is the gift that keeps on giving. Not only is our site doing record numbers, our podcast is doing record numbers. We just lucked into Zion Williamson. There's constantly a buzz every week. There's a new story about Anthony Davis that's getting us more and more traffic. Ultimately, we don't want Anthony Davis on the team. But as soon as this ends, Robert, I think we're going to miss it. Would you? I mean, you've been in scenarios like this with the Clippers, with Blake Griffin and Chris. chris paul even though uh your team is essentially imploding at times isn't it kind of exciting just to have all that attention on your site for a while
2: oh it definitely is i mean i think the highest day in clips nation history that i can remember that i was there for was the day chris paul got traded um just absolutely insane like uh silver screen and roll and blazer's edge numbers which does not happen very much for a Clippers site um you know these are like big superstar names who are on lots of TV commercials and are household names around the country. And so whenever they're in trade talks or, you know, they have demands or, or whatnot, it's big news. And that means people just come to your site, which is great for the site. Uh, it's less fun for the fandom. But, yeah, there is something certainly exciting about it. I will say, as somebody on kind of the other end, the Clippers haven't been too involved in the Anthony Davis talks. I'm very skeptical it will happen for reasons we'll probably get into. Um, the free agency stuff for me is like a nightmare because every little rumor has to be talked about and I just don't trust them and like which of them are true and how many of them even matter like if I read one more thing about like Kawhi Leonard's you know housing situation in Toronto I'm just gonna quit you know (laughs) it's it it gets to be a lot after a while Um, but for you guys on the other end like you know at least you can get excited about like what's coming back you know in free agency if you don't get the guy there's there's nothing so yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I was going to pick your ear about the DeAndre Jordan story, which must now have been three years ago. Time really flies, but we'll we'll save that for another time. Let's go ahead and dive right on in. Before we get to the state of the Los Angeles Clippers, what you think of Jerry West and Doc Rivers and that sort of thing, let's just lay out the semantics. Pretty much any trade, unless you're going to package some version of Lou Williams and Montres Harrell, is going to have to involve Danilo Gallinari. Can we just start there?
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. And Gallo was awesome for the Clippers last year. It was basically the best year of his career. Of course, he's also thirty and he's he's notoriously injury prone. So in some ways, the Clippers are selling high, uh, but it would be a big deal. I mean, he was the best player on a team that won forty eight games and you know took two games off the Warriors in the playoffs, which you know they still lost. But you know he was he was really good, and you know if he can stay healthy, I know the Pelicans just got a new medical staff. He'd be a really really good fit with Zion and uh, and Drew Holiday.
0: I'm going to kind of turn the tables on this, Ali. Instead of us uh, double-teaming uh, Robert Flom, I'm going to host you as pretty much the Pelicans general manager, David Griffin, over here. And Robert Flom will kind of operate as Doc Rivers and Jerry West uh, and Trent Redden. So, Ali, here's where we're going to hit the stick in the mud. Robert's not going to want to give up. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's probably going to be hesitant to give up Landry Shamet. However, he has any number of picks that the Los Angeles Clippers have going forward after this year. Of course, Boston controls their pick this year. Plus, they've got two picks uh, by virtue of the Philadelphia 76ers and the Tobias Harris trade. Uh, they've got Rodney McGruder, which no other team picked up before them whenever he was put on waivers. I guess the Clippers were the only team interested. I sure would have been interested. They've got Jerome Robinson. They've got Ty Wallace, who the Pelicans signed last year via Dell Dems. That one-year restriction will probably pass in the next three months. So that, that trade probably can't happen uh, at this point in time unless both teams wanted to wait. Uh, I think I mentioned Ma- Montrezl Harrell, uh, Zubac. I'm not going to try to... Uh, I can't remember how to pronounce his first name. So, Ali, here's where we're going to meet the battleground. You're going to want Shea. He's not going to want to give you uh, Shea. Is there any place in the middle where we can start this negotiation? You know, that's tough. Kind of like
3: how we're looking currently at the Boston Celtics and wanting to pry Jason Tatum off their hands. I don't think. Look, we have to go back to the way David Griffin even talked about an Anthony Davis trade before he took the Pelicans' job, and this wasn't just his opinion. This was a lot of expert opinions across the board. But Anthony Davis should be land should be able to land one of the best trade packages ever in history. Um, I know that he's got just now one year left on his deal, but if you think that he lands in a city that he wants to stay and wants to live in, then that really has to you know kind of put everything on the table. And I think the Clippers are one of those towns, you know, even though he's mentioned the Lakers, I think he truly just wants to live in Los Angeles. And if he can't play with LeBron, I think he'd be quite eager to join some kind of winning environment, you know, under Jerry West, under the, the, these guys that the front office has put together a wonderful team. Um, and, you know, Doc Rivers is one of the best coaches, most highly regarded coaches across the league. So I think it's a good opportunity for Anthony Davis to sign an extension, or I should say just re-sign a contract, uh, with the Clippers. So, therefore, I would, honestly, I would push hard for Shea Gilgis. And if we can't get him, then, honestly, you've got to look elsewhere because the Clippers draft picks, while they have a lot of their own, they've got Miami's, they're still not the ones that you're trying to, you know, grab, like, say, the Knicks or the Lakers, you know, where you've got not only are you are going to get another good pick in this upcoming draft, but you're setting yourself up for a good chance of getting some prime assets down the road. Uh, the Clippers don't offer that. So that's why I think it is highly, highly important to include Shea Gilgis and at the very least Landry Shamet. You've got to get one of those two back. And I don't think David Griffin would back off of that fact.
0: Now, before we get into the details of that deal, because I, I do think there is a, a presentable deal that the Pelicans would have to mull over with some version of, like you said, Landry Schammett, uh, maybe Montrezl Harrell or Zubats, uh, depending on which one you prefer at that position. On top of Gallinari, maybe Jerome Robinson and any number of first round picks. I'm thinking at least two, if not three in this scenario. But we were talking about something off air, Robert, and this is going to be really difficult from the Clippers' point of view to exercise this trade, knowing full well that even if Anthony Davis does go to one of his preferred destinations. There's no guarantee at this point in time that he is willing to sign an extension with any said team. All these players nowadays, they, they like to be wine and dine. They, they like the uncertainty. They like the excitement. It does give them so much attention to go through a season uh, just mired in controversy or in uncertainty, I should say. So with that being said, how does your trade proposal change based on whether or not Anthony Davis is willing to even opt into the second year of his player option?
2: It changes a lot. I think that that's the easiest way for a deal to get done, period. Clippers, Celtics, whatever. If you either get, you know, Rich Paul AD to say, I'm going to opt into that second year, or I'm willing, you know, not willing, like we guarantee unless something, you know, absolutely tragic happens, uh, that we're going to sign a short year extension, or, you know, as soon as the deal's up, up, we're going to sign like a one or two year deal. Whatever. It doesn't even need to be a four or five year max. Just something that will keep him there longer than a single year um, would probably be enough to up the ante for most teams. I think at the very least, that would be enough to get Shaman in. I would probably put in Shamit anyway. Um, but that would certainly be enough to get him in for me. I would Shay would still be a little sticky, but I mean at that point, I think you have to probably roll with it. Um, but you know, I, I think an interesting pivot point that Um, has been brought up a little is if Kawhi does stay in Toronto, not only does that take somebody off the board for the Clippers who they've been pursuing for well over a year, but it's also another indicator of how much it can help to actually get a guy in your roster, um, in your uniform, with your training facilities, um, surround him with talent that you like and keep him. We saw just a year ago with Paul George when everybody thought he was going to go back to the Lakers, not back, but to the Lakers. And he stayed in Oklahoma city now, there's been all this retconning of, oh, he's really an Oklahoma City guy, and he likes fishing, you know, or whatever. Um, <laughs> like, Kawhi Leonard has never been rumored to be a Toronto guy whatsoever. I love Toronto, personally. I, I would stay there easily. Um, but, you know, it's another sign that, like, hey, like, we can trade for Anthony Davis, and even if he's not that hot on being with the Clippers, like, if he really wants the Knicks or the Lakers, he at least won't sulk about it because it's one of the teams on his list and we can probably try to convince him to stay so that's another big pivot point i think um but really i mean the easiest solution would just be paul and davis saying gas yes, we're going to stay for at least you know one more year to give you two years uh both of a superstar level play and also to convince us to stay um, that's really the easiest way the deal gets done and for some places it might be the only way the deal, the deal gets done
0: Now, Ali, one thing that uh, can't be understated in all of this is, on paper, just based on everything Robert said with his initial offer, this is something that the Pelicans would probably prefer to walk away from. It doesn't appear to be serious enough on paper, uh, unless Anthony Davis does uh, opt into that uh, player option, etc. But with that being said, knowing full well that this is, in fact, one of his preferred destinations, that kind of forces you to continue the conversation, doesn't it?
3: Well, absolutely it does. And I think, like I said, from our viewpoint, that means that he's inclined and, you know, you've got to speak to Rich Paul and I'm sure David Griffin could help, you know, management, especially with his buddy Trent Redden over there with the Clippers in bridging that gap, whatever gap there may be. So I think that those relationships could be had, those talks could be done and therefore it would probably guarantee Anthony Davis past just the current contract, uh, And, you know, I don't think it would even involve a player option. I think he would probably agree to like maybe a one-to-one. He would want to get to his 10-year max, right? And he's probably going to seek to get the most money they can. And, uh, Preston, you know this better than I do since you guys covered that over at Bleacher Report, the exact details of what that would look like. But from my vantage point, I I just feel like David Griffin has going to have a lot of suitors. He's going to have some really good packages presented for him. And like I said, really, there's only one crown jewel when I look at the Clippers roster, and that is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And if he's off the table, the packages just don't seem that alluring. Look, I think that the Lakers might be more enviable, and I know what Ingram's battling. But, you know, we've heard, you know, Griff's high on Ingram. Gentry would love to see Lonzo Ball. Then you factor in that number four pick. You factor in future picks where let's talk about life after LeBron James or even, you know, now. He, he missed, I think, was about 28, 27, 28 games last year, the most he's ever missed. He had never, I think, missed previously more than two weeks in a row since high school. So he could be clearly on the decline. So those Laker picks suddenly look a lot enviable. And if you can grab, say, two of them in addition to that number four pick, then I just don't see how the Clippers can supersede any package that does include Shea Gilgis-Alexander.
0: Okay, well let's continue down this rabbit hole anyway because I, I do think there's a place where we can get to a presentable offer even if Anthony Davis doesn't sign that extension. That's sure, you, not Yeah, yeah. Pres- I mean, presentable, yes, but I, again, I'm talking you have to look at
3: this from the viewpoint of you you got you know, 10 to maybe 15 teams that are going to be knocking on Griffin's door. He's not going to sit around wasting the hammer out details in a package that's clearly going to be lower than say his top 3. That's all that's the only point I want to make, but yeah, please go ahead.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're we're getting to a place where where I'm looking at the Clippers roster. Uh, they probably want to include Montrez Harrell in any deal with Danilo Gallinari because Wilson Chandler is a free agent. Jermichael Green is a free agent. Zubots has to be uh, re-signed. He's going to be up for his qualifying offer, and that's going to be very difficult to deal. Uh, so Harrell probably has to be included in a trade, but Robert... There's, there's so much uncertainty across your roster, especially if you're not able to add somebody like Kevin Durant, who Stephen A. Smith is going to the Nets, uh, Kawhi Leonard, who might at this point uh, re-sign with the Toronto Raptors. There's, there's no uh, indication on our side that you guys are pursuing Clay Thompson or Kemba Walker. If you do bring in Anthony Davis, that leaves your roster kind of bare outside of maybe Lou Williams, Jerome Robinson, and whatever's left over from Shea and Landry Shamet.
2: Right, which is, you know, the issue you get into with the Pelicans, where I think I'll agree with you in that the Pelicans roster has been probably better than people have thought over the years. Um, maybe, maybe I don't agree. Um, but it's kind of the same thing, which, again, like you said, if they do a trade and then let's say some team offers Pat Beverly a ton of money or Jermichael Green, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's just a few remaining guys from last year's run, Anthony Davis, I mean, the Clippers front office is still great. They have Jerry West, they have Doc Rivers, they have, you know, Winger and Redden, you know, all these really smart, you know, talented, respected people. But as we've seen, that doesn't necessarily guarantee free agency stars. So a year from now, you know, if it doesn't, if they don't, if they don't make the playoffs and, you know, whatever young guys are left haven't developed that great, you know, Anthony Davis could very well bolt and people wouldn't necessarily blame him, um, which is really the difficulty. And that's part of the problem with trading the veterans is then you make the team worse in the short term, um, which could also cause Davis to leave. It's a very thorny situation. I will say a lot, you know, basically all of it comes down to how you view these guys. I'm not particularly high on anybody on the Lakers, especially Ingram. I just, I think he's a very classic um, good stats, bad team guy. Um, He can't shoot. He dominates the ball. I think his defense is overrated. Like there is, makings of a really good player in there. I just don't know how close he is to that. Whereas I think Landry Shamit to me is the the upside of you know Brandon Ingram is probably not there, but he was already a very nice NBA player as a rookie.
1: I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell and Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on.
0: Contact Cordell, Cordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California,
2: 94404. And is one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA already. You know, if he can work that off-the-dribble type three-point shot, I think he could very easily be the best non-Jason Tatum prospect of anybody that's being discussed right now. Um, you know, his defense will probably never be great, but what he showed in the against the Warriors in the playoffs, you know, was very promising. He did really well guarding Steph Curry. He has some off the dribble game. He was actually, you know, a point guard at Wichita State. But his shooting is just incredible. I mean, he squares up so quickly, um, you know, off screens, even off the dribble several times. Um, Just a very, very deadly shooter in, in an NBA that's going increasingly towards shooting you know i don't think he'll ever be steph curry but he could be you know one of the best shooters of all time i really you know i think that um and that's a very valuable trade chip. but i think you know it all comes down to you know what you think of to me uh, a landry Shamit, you know centered package is might be as good as brandon ingram especially because ingram's already used up two more years on his rookie contract you're gonna have to pay him sooner um but again like it also comes down to like what do the Pelicans want do they want a team that can contend not contend but like make the playoffs in the next couple of years or are they going for a full rebuild uh, because then what do you do with drew holiday who's not on the same timeline as you know ingram or or zion williamson but you know if you want to be a pretty good team over the next couple of years the clippers might have the best package like you said if you throw in gallo and montrez harrell um You know, and even Shamit, who's like a legitimately good contributor to a team with Drew Holiday and Zion Williamson, that team might actually make the playoffs next year. Um, I wouldn't bet against them. So there are all sorts of, of factors. I mean, I tend to agree. I think I still think Tatum is the single best piece and Griffin probably won't let go of that. To some extent, I wonder if the Lakers stuff is a smokescreen and he's really trying to get, you know, West or Ainge to you know, put in, well, not West really, but the Clippers or Ainge to throw in Shea or Tatum. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I've
3: had the same thought, Robert. And here's a surprise for you. I actually believe in Shea Gilgis Alexander more than I do Tatum. I would love to see him next to Drew Holiday. And especially when you got Zion back there. Well, I still think Tatum, you know, can live up to a lot of his potential. There's something about a more well-rounded game of Shea's that you just feel more comfortable with. And you know we all watched you know you guys in the in the playoffs in that first round against the Warriors, and he was impressive, especially in a few of those games he he looked amazing and I know Shamet you just talk highly of him, and you're right. we do love him, and my guys kept on saying, we've got to get Yogis alexander and shamet and i'm like there's no way they are gonna go through yeah, that's that. not happening but no, <laughs> you're right to rank these guys very highly, but again i'm I'm speaking more just. You need kind of a centerpiece, a sure-line starter. With Shamet, while he can fit in a lot of rosters, he's more, I always think, is going to be a role player for you. He's not going to be a one, main one, two, or maybe even a three on a team, on a very good team. And I know that's what Griffin is looking for in an Anthony Davis trade. He wants a young star as his number one priority in an Anthony Davis return. Number two, he wants young vets. And number three, he wants future draft picks. So that's why, like I said, I'm so adamant about trying to price Shea Gildas-Alexander.
0: Yeah, definitely. Let me just uh, jump in here real quick. Um, There's uh, Mark Stein just tweeted out basically that Zion Williamson has been invited to join the 10-man select team that's going to compete alongside the 18-man training camp roster uh, that Greg Popovich will be overseeing in Las Vegas in early August. Uh, I'm going to get back to Robert, uh, but Ali, what does this mean for our chances to see Zion in Summer League? Uh, well, he's, he, I don't
3: think he was ever going to play the full schedule anyways. I still think it'll be good for him to get a little familiar with the team, some concepts, just run up against some NBA competition. So I still think there's a decent chance we'll see him for a couple of games before he goes on to his commitment, you know, with uh, USA basketball.
0: All right, uh, Robert, I'm going to come back to you. Uh, basically, we're we're just thinking about a trade that's built around Landry Schammett, uh Gallo, Montrezl Harrell and multiple first round picks. I'm thinking three. I like that deal. Obviously it's not our favorite, but if you are able to walk away with that one, it is a good one. Here's my question to you. Adrian Wojnarowski said before the trade deadline was that Danny Ainge didn't view trading for Anthony Davis as trading for Anthony Davis. He viewed trading for Anthony Davis as an indicator that it would be a two for one, that they definitely get either Kyrie to re uh, to resign, or they would get somebody paired alongside Anthony Davis. Basically that players want to play with Anthony Davis. Do you have any indication that if the Clippers are able to acquire Anthony Davis on June 20th, the night of the draft, that the likelihood would increase that they'd mm-hmm. be able to score some kind of uh big superstar in free agency? So
2: I'm not quite uh, connected like that. You know, I do hear some things I I wouldn't know for sure. I mean, I don't think anybody knows for sure, which is part of the problem. Um, I will say, I don't think Kawhi Leonard cares whatsoever. Um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, it's more up for debate. And so another, you know, thing I haven't really thought about until you just brought it up is, you know, if you do include Shea, um, they might know that Kyrie will come to L.A., um, to the Clippers, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as obviously the new point guard taking Mm -hmm. over for Shea. Um, If they include him in a deal, maybe it's a sign that they think they're going to get, you know, Kyrie. It doesn't seem like Kemba is leaving Charlotte. Uh, So those are really the only two top tier point guards available. Um, it's certainly possible. Like, I just don't know enough about how these superstar friendships work because a lot of them are friends, but that doesn't necessarily mean they want to play together or they want to play together, but only in an ideal, perfectly set up situation. And Kyrie is the most vexing of all of them because you know it's Kyrie Irving and every day he posts something on his Instagram that is just completely unbelievable. Um, like I I don't like, does he know like the sky's blue? I I just don't know. Um <laughs> So it's really tricky. I mean, that's the one thing I think all these teams have to be doing more than anything is researching what their odds are of another guy. And I think the pivot point is probably Kyrie. Maybe it's Kevin Durant. Um, but now there are rumors about Kyrie going to the Nets and, you know, Durant was linked to the Knicks and now it's less so um now like they might be both going to the nets i you know i just don't know this is again like all the stuff is like smoke screens and you know these agents float stuff out so they don't get caught with tampering um you know to some extent i think every non-nicks rumor about kd this year has just been to prevent a tampering fine um you know because they hammered stuff out in like september um i think the same thing about lebron even taking meetings with other team last summer when like. He was going to Lakers. Everybody knew he was going to the Lakers. Um, you know, it just had to make it look like it wasn't a done deal in, like, March or something. Um, hey, Robert,
3: real quick, I just wanted to clarify that Stephen A yesterday, by all of his accounts, all of the things he's heard, he thinks that Kyrie is inclined to go to the Brooklyn Nets, but not Kevin Durant. He's uh, he's According to him, he's heard that Kevin Durant doesn't <laughs> want to go to Brooklyn at all. So it would be the New York Knicks. But one thing I want to mention is I heard from a couple of reliable people that I trust within the last month that they think Kevin Durant's going to end up on your team on the Clippers. Um, in fact, that they they thought he was more likely than Kawhi Leonard to end up there. So that's just something for you to think about. Um, uh,
2: I have I have actually heard kind of similar things. Um, you know, Kawhi's chances have kind of dwindled um, with the Toronto Raptors playoff run, and I I do think. Durant's chances have gone up and he and and Davis are friends. So Mm -hmm. it could be, you know, again, it's like a chicken or egg thing. Um, You know, if they get Durant, that might make them trade for Davis. Or if they hear that, you know, from Durant, that if you get Davis, I'll come, you know, either way could work. Uh, But obviously, they need to be on very sure ground because otherwise, uh, you come up looking really rough.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's where I was headed to next, actually, was say that the Clippers management has a good idea that Durant wants in and that they can then also promise Durant that they basically can land Davis. I'm sure you'd probably be more willing to move Shea Gills Alexander, but what I want to ask you is, could you possibly then also convince Patrick Beverly to resign, and wouldn't he be almost a better fit, not necessarily a better fit, I take that back, but a decent fit at point guard to fill in those shoes of Shea's.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think so. Um, you know, certainly Clippers fans want to keep Shea, but if they got any two superstars, his role and his ability to develop will be a bit diminished just because he's being played off the ball more. Um, you know, he's not going to have as many opportunities to grow if Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard or Anthony Davis are there, you know, taking 20 shots a game, dominating the ball, getting all the crunch time opportunities. So Mm -hmm. to some extent, you know, I do agree. Um, And Pat Beverly was certainly great last year. And his ability to play off ball and have a low usage, like you mentioned, is a great fit with, with those superstars. So I do think, you know, if they get word that they can really feasibly get Durant, and Davis and especially if they get Durant on like a four or five year max which would you know hopefully convince Davis to at the very least pick up his option or you know throw in like a soft guarantee that he'll re-sign there Um, then I think you have to move Shea as much as I love him I think then it becomes really a no-brainer I mean if you can get Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis and keep some of your veterans, because if you throw in Shea, the rest of the package doesn't have to be as good. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it might be Shea, Jerome Robinson, and Gallo. I think the salaries might work there. Mm -hmm. Like you keep Montress Harrell, you keep Lou Williams, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you have a team that might win the NBA championship next year with that roster, Um, especially because you'll get all of like the veteran minimums, you know, guys coming in. So I think in that scenario, I think, yeah, Shea is available.
3: Yeah. I, I just feel like, The whole world fell in love with the Clippers roster last year, and then the whole world wrote off the Clippers once Tobias Harris was traded, but guess what? Oops! Everybody was pretty much wrong, right? And um, I think that's the key. I think you guys have stumbled upon a core that works, that are a perfect assembly of role players, and therefore I think that Doc would love and want to keep those guys and have to sacrifice the young guys simply because they would fit better along two superstars like you said I mean Pat Bev hitting on 45 percent of his corner threes I mean that's ridiculous when you factor in his defense his tenacity and then like Montrez Harrell I don't even have to explain what a beast he is underneath and um, you've got then you say you got Lou Wilson coming off the bench I could see the makings of a very good team out there in LA so yeah I guess it all does boil down to basically what one superstar and then Anthony Davis's possible agreement in joining up with that superstar in LA right in terms of just coming up with any kind of package involving the Clippers
2: yeah and I think it's the same thing for the Celtics you know if mm-hmm. Kyrie is staying or they know Kyrie will stay if they trade for Davis you know all of a sudden that opens the door to maybe Tatum getting included um, you know the same thing with the Lakers now where all of a sudden there's Kyrie buzz there like if they can somehow swing off Deal for davis and get Kyrie, then all of a sudden you have Kyrie, and davis lebron james uh which would be the odds on title favorite as soon as that team is assembled um so you know and maybe then if they get all three of those guys i don't know how much room there's gonna be for Lonzo ball or brandon ingram or, or any of those guys except maybe like josh or kyle kuzma they probably throw the entire package in um if they haven't already so yeah it's this is and this is where like you know it all becomes down to how much you trust Agents and how much you trust, like, you know, these people, the sources in and around camps that tell you, like, oh, yeah, like, definitely had, Katie is really considering the Clippers instead of, like, you know, oh, Durant will, like, take a meeting, but he's probably not going to actually sign there, which he did actually, uh, three years ago, where he took a meeting and there was this infamous tweet where about how he was really impressed by Steve Ballmer, who was, like, got very emotional and everybody, like, came away thinking they learned something, but, like, was never gonna sign there. Um so yeah, it, it it's really, really tough. I mean, obviously for these front office guys, they know like infinitely more than we do about all this stuff. Um so it's probably a little bit clearer, but like still you can never tell, especially with guys as Mercurial as this draft as this draft, as this free agent class like Kevin Durant, uh Kyrie Irving, even Anthony Davis now, like I mean these guys could change their minds at a split notice. Um and it would not surprise me. So Who
0: knows? All right, let's take it out on this. Uh, Robert, let's get your expert opinion. From the Pelicans' point of view, if you were in our position, you've got a 28-year-old player in his prime in Drew Holiday. You've got an 18-year-old blue chipper who could be a top-five prospect in the NBA in the next few years. How are you building this team with Anthony Davis? Are you shipping him out? For any combination of young, you know, contributors and picks, or do you prefer to just go out and get like, not straight up Jason Tatum or Shea Gil, Alexander? What is your package that you're hoping that the Pelicans move away uh, from with this going forward?
2: I think maybe the most interesting package, which I don't know has actually been discussed, uh, partially due to the confusion in Washington, uh, would be a Bradley Beal swap um, with Davis, if they think, they can keep Anthony Davis. I mean, the problem there is the John Wall injury, but they both went to Kentucky, Um, you know, is a big, you know, fun market that young, young people like, Um, you know, that would be a very risky gamble by whoever was in Washington, but it is a call I would make if I was David Griffin um, to at least see if that's on the table. Cause I think a Drew Beal Zion core would be very, very good, very soon. Um, Outside of that, I think the blue chipper is probably the best approach because one blue chip is always worth, you know, two or three more minor assets. Um, I I love Shea, and I'm not going to disagree with anything Ollie said, because, you know, he's my favorite Clippers prospect in a decade, uh, which, <laughs> admittedly low bar. I think he's going to be a star. I think he's going to make all defense teams. Um, his composure, his calm is great. I still would probably edge Tatum as the better prospect. It's close. I think they should try to get one of those two guys. Um, but in general, like, I think... You know, Drew is still signed for a while. There's no indication he wants to play anywhere else. Um, You have a guy in sign who not only um, should be a great player, but he should also be really good right away. I think, you know, a trade for, like you mentioned, some younger veterans um, could help. And I mean, I guess the Lakers guys do qualify, Um, you know, to get a team that will make the playoffs next year. uh, get some of that playoff revenue, some of that buzz, you know, and I think, New Orleans will, like, really rally behind Zion. They might rally behind, like, a new, you know, non-AD team and get behind all this melodrama. So I'd be – I would not want to go straight into a full rebuild. I think getting a blue chip and, like, some young veterans, like you guys have been saying, is is probably the best bet to be good next year and to build a core that can last for a few years um, as Drew ages into his 30s.
0: All right, let's get Ali out of here. He's got a couple of radio spots. Do you want to tell our listeners about where they can hear you, sir?
3: I will be on the Eric Asher show here in a few minutes on 1280 New Orleans. And I should be on Gus Katengall on ESPN NOLA here in the next few hours. I'm not exactly sure when
0: yet. All right, sweet. And, of course, you guys can check out thebirdrights.com. We've got the latest on those short-term extension uh, breakdowns by virtue of Eric Pincus. Uh, Robert, you're at Richie Homie Flom. Tell our listeners a bit about where they can find some of your work, where they can learn more about Shea and Landry Shamet, et cetera, et cetera.
2: So most of my work is is at Clips Nation. Um, I'm the managing editor there. Um, so that's where I do the great bulk of my writing. Um, I also do a bi-weekly every other week. It's bi-weekly? I think that's bi-weekly <laughs> uh, for Blazer's Edge. Uh, so it's actually my new article will be going out tomorrow. I'm going to be looking at potential fits for the Blazer's three agents, um, including your old friend, Al Farouk Aminu. Um, and uh, then I also... Also do some bucks writing for the B-Ball index. Uh, that's definitely a, a bit less. I've The bucks were actually so good this year. It was hard to really write about them, <laughs> um, which is a phenomenon I've never really had before. Uh, they were just like, they were dominant. And up until the very end, they I just didn't have that much to say about them, um, which is very weird. Uh, but yeah, most of it is at Clips Nation. Uh, we are eventually probably going to talk Anthony Davis trade you know what we would do some kind of round table with our our site writers uh but the general consensus from fans media everybody is to keep the young guys um everybody's attached to attach them nobody really trusts the ad situation so you know we'll see um but that's that's where people can find me and as you said on rich homie Flam. um it's a bit dated of a reference to a rapper who peaked like five years ago but you know that's kind of twitter
0: all right, you guys, uh, I'm Preston Ellis, your host and contributor to TheBirdRights.com. We've got a lot of special guests coming up this weekend. You guys were really, really excited about who we've got coming on. As excited as we are about Robert, um, but some, some people in the New Orleans area, I think you guys are really going to get excited about as well as some uh, national writers. Ali, uh, great job by you. Robert, great job by you. You guys, if you like what you're hearing, do us a favor. You know the deal. Rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. We've, of course, got our seven-part series on Anthony Davis trade packages. We've got any number of articles up on thebirdrights.com. We have not let you guys down in the past few weeks, and we're going to keep this going up until June 20th, when I'm sure Anthony Davis will probably, uh, his fate will probably be decided at some point or other during that night. It's going to be very excited, so stick with us. We're going to keep giving you guys great content. For now, thank you, Robert. Thank you, Ollie. Let's go, pals. Thank you for listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under podcast networks. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today.